Welcome to this week's episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together, the podcast for entrepreneurs interested in fast growth and funding, powered by EHE Capital. In this episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together, Guy and Nairi are going to be continuing the conversation on team structures. This episode is focused around some of the top questions that the EHE community has brought to the table, and Nairi is going to be addressing them. So without any further ado, I'll hand it over. Thanks, Ivan. Hi, Gary. Thanks for coming back. For part Hi, Hi, everyone. Hi. So just following on from, obviously, last week, we talked about team structure and why it's important, what investors are looking for. You gave some really good insight into ways to approach team structure, types of roles you would expect to see, but also equally some of the mistakes that can be made, and particularly around the, the way we ended it around recruit slowly but fire quickly, so make those decisions and, and move on. Hopefully, it was useful for everybody. We've had some really good questions from our EHE community around investment and team structure. So I'm going to put you on the spot, if you don't mind, and put some of these to you. And and hopefully they'll be helpful to everybody listening. So my first one for you, Gary, is what are the red flags that investors will be put off by when assessing team structure? Okay, there's probably lots. There's probably lots of red flags and a few amber ones here and there. But I suppose the first one would be the entrepreneur and the leader. That would be the, the real focus of an investor. What are they like? What's their success background? Have they failed lots of times? And if they have, actually, that's not always an issue. That can be a positive. But what are they like? So the real focus will be on that leader because they are the ones that shape the culture, shape the business, shape the recruitment, shape the senior team. So a lot of the red flags and the focus is on the leader. Let's be absolutely clear. And if that, if that leader doesn't shape up, then investors will walk away. And in fact, I've seen an investment company do a huge amount of diligence on the business, everything else, and the leader of that investment company comes to the management presentation and listens and asks questions. And if he doesn't like the smell of that team, just on that that instant communication, they won't invest. And they've probably already spent a quarter of a million by that point. But he's the, he's call it the smell test, but uh, <laughs> he's got more than that. He's got a lot of experience, a lot of intuition. And if it doesn't stack, he'll challenge you at the time. But if, it, if something doesn't stack, he won't invest. That's it. The whole company um, won't. So you can see the power of the team. The focus is on, on the leader. Team members, there's also a lot of focus on where they've come from, what's their background. Have they, do they look and feel like they can be successful? Have they got the right attitude? Too many team members, yeah, if, there's, if there's, there's a senior team of about eight or over six, then it looks a bit top-heavy, depending on the size of the company, of course. But you don't want too many cooks. You need people who are very effective. I think the most important is the accountability and responsibility and comfort with that. Yeah. So what, what I mean is when that management team are doing the presentation, doing the deck to the investors, How good are they? Not at presentation skills, but what do they know? How do they respond to questions? Do they know their their stuff? That's where most of the uh, focus is from uh, an investor. I have seen as well investors use psychoanalysts. So as a psychologist, occupational psychologist, come in, ask the senior team a whole series of questions, do a whole load of psychology tests. In fact, that company, which is a big company, won't do an investment without that process taking place. And I asked the leader of that, because I've used him quite a few times now in, in other situations. I asked the leader, 
what happens. He says the investor wants to make sure that senior team get on. He described it as they're not the sugar babes. I said, what the hell I mean, do you the mean? He said, well, they don't keep falling out. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and having talked to one or two executives, having gone through the process with this, this gentleman, he learns a lot. He learns a lot about the individual, what motivates them, why do they do what they do. Yeah, it's pretty uh, interesting. He's very clever. That's really interesting. I mean, the spotlight is as much on the team as it is on the entrepreneur then at that stage, isn't it? It really is all in it yeah. together. Yeah. yeah and no, if, something's, if something's not right, that's it. They'll walk. It's fairly early in the process. But because he had him and himself would go and interview them privately, one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And they ask a lot of detailed questions. They've got a lot of psychoanalysis that are done online, put it together into a report. Is this team backable? Do they get on? What's the drivers, et cetera, et cetera? And I thought that was actually a good process. So, hey, that's, that's really uh, interesting. Just, it does give you a, uh, a level of detail. And I have also seen when there's been a bit of a question mark about somebody, and I never knew this existed, but there are one or two companies. They do forensic referencing. It sounds like a forensic accountant. Yeah, accounting. Yeah. And you pay about four or five grand, and they go and talk to all the people that the executive didn't put as their reference in the wow. places that they've worked above and be- below. So they go into massive detail. They interview the uh, candidate initially, and then they go far wide and detail and depth. And it's about a 50 to 70 page report on that person. Wow. I think you've probably just put the fear of God into anybody that's well, part of well, the I senior team. Very, <laughs> yes, they are isolated positions. But I think what it does show is how important that team is. Really yeah, important and to the business. Not, it's not just ability, is it's like you say, team morale and ge- genuine bond Culture, with that senior yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, which is amazing. Thank you. That was really interesting. And you talk, we had another question, but I think we've covered that. How do you know, or well, what's the ideal number of people? And you referenced kind of around eight, depending on company size. So is that. Well, no, sorry. Think? Eight is a lot, actually. Eight is yeah. I'm just trying to think of the, All right, the okay. extent. I would say you could. Backable is a CEO and a finance director, probably recognising that there may be one or two more to come in, and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, okay, bro. I'm going to jump to one of the last questions, because I think that links on actually really nicely. This question is, I'm applying for funding, but I know I've got some gaps in my team structure. Do I fill these first and then apply for the funding, so have a stronger team on paper, although this entrepreneur needs the investment to bring in those senior people? So it's a bit chicken and egg. What's your advice? I'd highlight it in the decking that you, in the deck, that you think there are some gaps and I like what they, you think they are and what bullet points accountability they need and use the investor's experience to help recruit them because investors often have contacts, headhunters, people, processes that can help the recruitment. Often people see investors as just money. I think they do. they often bring more. They can bring experience, they can bring contacts, they can bring relationships, and they can certainly help with that. They don't want to recruit the whole team, and the entrepreneur is still leading the process, but they can point in the right direction to the right people. 
So they wouldn't be put off by an entrepreneur if they felt there were gaps in the team as long as it's Not been highlighted. Brilliant. No. And, and even if the entrepreneur, he had a good business, he was a good person, he had a good team culture, and they didn't recognise it, it would still be backable. Okay. Be- because they can't have all the answers. And I think an investor can look at a team and go, I think there's a gap here. And the entrepreneur may not have recognised that, but in discussion they go, actually, yeah, I, I've never really thought about that because I've never really had the money. And I think that's okay. I think well, also one of the things that investors do bring to the table, and I've experienced this personally and I've seen it in the boardroom, is that investors will often, they don't mind spending money because what they're about is growth. They don't like to cut costs. They do if, if they feel they're excessive. But what they want is growth. So they don't mind backing and recruiting more people in certain areas. Because the entrepreneur is often the penny pinch to get to where they are. But when you've got cash and you apply it in the right direction, it can accelerate the growth. And that's what the investor is looking for. Okay, bro. Because we did have another question actually around somebody that's gained investment, but now realises they need more people. Would this be accepted by the investor? So your view is yes, spend the money. Well, it, it would. There's a caveat there, that, and it's important, that caveat, is that during the process, yes, but once they've nailed the budget, the first gate always is hit that first-year budget. So the investor relaxes, there's no introspection, there's no questions asked. If you put a budget in and you're miles away the first year, all kinds of things happen. They get worried, they start asking questions. The dementors will come in in terms of all the finances and they'll just do a lot of detail because you haven't hit that first number. So it's okay during the process, but once that budget and that plan is put together, don't go by asking for more then. Yeah, okay. Because that won't work. Or what I would suggest, and I would guess most people will know this, certain finance people, is have it up your sleeve. So you go in, let's call it a million pound profit, you're pretty confident you can do 1.3 or 1.4, however you can get it. But you need that margin of safety in case the market goes wrong, something goes wrong that you haven't foreseen, but you've still hit the million you've told your investor. I've actually yeah. carried over about three or 400,000 for three years. Just keep tripping it over, the margin of safety. Yeah. Because the last thing you want to do is go into a board meeting and say, we're not going to hit our numbers. That's not good for an investor. Okay. Brilliant. So it's the balance of team roles, but hitting the numbers that you've committed to with the investor. Yeah. So it's during the process, you go either the investor or the entrepreneur recognises they need more team members, build it in the plan. It's okay. Recognise it. And that's good. It can accelerate the plan. But once you've nailed the plan, don't vary it. Yeah. Okay. Hit the number. And what about the role of non-execs? So obviously they're part of the business, but not part of that senior management team. What's your view on that? Would investors expect to see it? Would they have a view? Is it essential? I think it would show maturity if it was because it shows the entrepreneur is, is a wider thinker and has got support, actually. They can add huge value, non-execs, in all kinds of ways to the entrepreneur, which is often a lonely place whilst they have a team around them that can't talk about certain things. And to be able to do that in confidence with a chairman, non-exec mentor is is highly valuable to their mental balance and the success of the company. Privately challenged, actually. Not always in a board meeting where it's a bit formal, but over a coffee or a beer, 
So I think from an investor's point of view, love to see it. If it's not there, the smart ones won't worry about it. They would just introduce it. So often they'll take a very successful entrepreneur or business person from that sector and put them as chairman or a non-exec mentor to the entrepreneur. Smart ones will always do that because it just makes so much sense. Because they're normally people who've got a few grey hairs, they've got success behind them. So when the entrepreneur comes forward with a challenge, whatever it may be, they've probably dealt with it before. And so they don't panic. They can give clear advice. They can give clear contacts, who to go and see, and calm everyone down. Brilliant. Okay. The final question I had, which we might have touched on, but I, I think it's worth going back over, is how, for an entrepreneur that's looking at fast growth, how do you balance getting the right people in but not overcommitting yourself on salary? And particularly at the moment, there's a lot of talk, isn't there, around recruitment being very hard and it being a candidate's market. So what's your advice for an entrepreneur that's, that's trying to find that balance? Well, I think there's a hard answer and there's a softer answer. I think the hard answer in terms of pound notes, if you like, is and I've done this many times, is you've got to appeal to their better nature. No one likes, entrepreneurs aren't great on massive salaries. They can't afford it. They don't like it. So they often trade that off with equity or other benefits. So look, come and work with me, shake my hand, I'll look after you, give you a salary of X with bonuses and this, that and the other, whatever the the market package is, if you like, car and pension or whatever it is. But look, if you stay with me, I'll, I'll show an equity plan that you can earn a lot of money, but it will come later rather than sooner. And you'll earn it. So that's important. And, and the softer one I touched on previously is I reckon good leaders, good businesses won't have trouble recruiting, even today. I don't think they'll have trouble. I think it's the mediocre leaders, mediocre companies that bleat about it and shout about it. The smart ones will find ways of recruiting the right people or the right people will find them. In fact, I had somebody call me today actually and said, look, I'm looking at doing X and Y. I've researched these companies. I'm going to talk to them. And this is a a really good, young, up-and-coming executive. He's deciding who he's going to approach. So that tells you a lot about how people are, which is... They'll find the good companies, good the good companies who treat staff well, got good cultures, focus. I like to talk about focusing on output rather than input. What that really means is, look, make somebody accountable for three or four bullet points. What am I leaving for? Give them freedom to achieve. And if that means they spend the morning, because they've got a whole division they look after, in McDonald's with a coffee, thinking about what they're going to do, I don't care. The fact that they're not in the office at 9 a.m., I don't care because I trust them, but they've got to think about what they're doing. They've got to deliver. So thinking time is important for senior leaders. So don't constrain them to come in the office and they've got to travel half an hour, whatever they've got to do, battle the traffic. I don't care your working day, but I I want you accountable for these things. People love that. Not everybody, by the way. Some people don't, but that goes through the recruitment. But those are the people you want who are comfortable And so the top people love that because they get rewarded and they're trusted to deliver. 
Brilliant. And you, you're right, because that actually is worth, for people that are motivated by that, it's worth more than an extra two, three, four thousand pounds on a salary, isn't it? Yeah, that I, I remember a very, I remember a clear example where a girl had tears in her eyes and I, I she thought I could have, it, it wouldn't have been as good if I gave her ten thousand pounds when I said, I don't care if you come in at nine o'clock, drop your, drop your daughter at school and come in at ten. Oh my God. And it was nothing. She she wasn't on the reservation. She could have eaten. She was in accounts, actually. What does it matter that she did 10 till 6, then 9 till 5? I don't care. And those are the things and cultural things that we were doing that 10 or 15 years ago. But if you're not doing those today, you're going you're gonna to find recruitment hard. Yeah. That goes back to culture, doesn't it? And trust. Yeah, and trust. Yeah. Trust, no, trust really people. Yeah. Most people do the right thing. Most Brilliant. people do the right thing. Really good. Thanks, Gary. I think that covers all the questions that we've had in. Is there anything else you wanted to cover off? Any questions you often get asked by entrepreneurs? Or No, no, I think there's, I, I appreciate the, the questions. I think one of the things that EHD is good at is that wider picture. We can provide the cash, but we have that experience and knowledge to help that fast growth. I think we, we've talked about it before. We're, we're not incremental growth, that 5 or 10% a year. It's that. 10 times mindset. Let's go for big growth. Brilliant. And I think I I always end or try and end with a reference to the community. So again, these questions came from our community. So hopefully they're useful for everybody. But if you are listening to the podcast and you want to cover a particular topic or you've got some questions you would like to ask Guy or Gary or the team, please do drop us a message on our LinkedIn page or through any of our social media channels and and we will cover those and be part of that community because it is there to help everybody. That's great. Thanks, Gary. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Ivan. Thank you for listening to this episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together. Visit the EHE Capital website, ehe.capital, for further insights and to join the EHE community.